0: When you think about work-life balance, it makes me feel like on one side of the equation, you've got work and the other side, you've got your life. Whereas actually life balance is about having a balance in your life of all the different aspects in your life, which is really powerful. So I just think that's why it's so important that that the work and life are not on the opposite sides of the equation. For me, we are a whole person. We are not two separate people to shove together. We're
1: one thing. Do you feel that achieving a good work-life balance is so far from achievable that you've given up trying? And do you take it for granted that in your particular line of work, this would just be self-indulgent and potentially career-limiting? The phrase work-life balance is problematic and often the seesaw seems so totally unbalanced with work taking up most of our time and then family commitments expanding to fill any spare time we have. And we give up trying to achieve anything like what feels like a balanced life. But what if we're looking at it wrong? In this podcast, Dr Claire Kay, former GP and career coach, joins me again to discuss how separating life and work and putting them on the opposite side of the equation just doesn't work. We talk about how achieving balance in life is a dynamic situation with different things taking priority in different seasons. Rather than carrying on regardless, as life balance seems so elusive, we think about how we could actively pursue this by taking just a short amount of time to think about some key guiding principles. It doesn't need to be the case that we have to stop doing the things we love, massively curtail our work or ignore our families. We really can do everything we want to, but perhaps not all at once. So listen to this podcast to find out why trying to achieve a perfect work-life balance will always fail the barriers that stop people from making the changes they need to, and how to do a life audit to work out what your priorities should be right now. Welcome to You Are Not A Frog, the podcast for doctors and other busy professionals in high-stress, high-stakes jobs. I'm Dr Rachel Morris, a former GP, now working as a coach, trainer and speaker. Like frogs in a pan of slowly boiling water, many of us don't notice bad the stress and exhaustion have become until it's too late but you are not a frog burning out or getting out are not your only options in this podcast I'll be talking to friends colleagues and experts and inviting you to make a deliberate choice about how you will live and work so that you can beat stress and work happier Are you constantly stressed and thinking about work? Does your laptop come with you on holiday? Your to-do list have permanent residence in your brain and your worry about how to handle the latest crisis wake you up in the small hours. Then it's time to get your life back and that's exactly what our brand new online course will help you do. It's a 60-minute reset for healthcare professionals to shift your mindset so you can set boundaries and limits around your work without the endless guilt that you've not done enough it's just 27 pounds and you can get instant access now when you go to shapestoolkit.com get your life back it's wonderful to have back with me on the podcast today dr claire k claire welcome back thanks for having me It's great to have Claire now. She's been on the podcast several times before. Claire is an executive coach who specializes in career development and she's a former portfolio GP. So Claire knows a lot about career crafting and also you specialize in self-coaching, don't you, Claire?
0: Yes. uh, Don't get me started. It's my special interest. So once I start, I won't stop.
1: (laughs) And we did an episode about self-coaching quite recently, didn't we? And there's a lovely guided self-coaching thing that you can do at the end of that so if you're interested check it out but today Claire we're talking about work-life balance or should I say life balance because I'm thinking the phrase probably work-life balance gets you a bit riled
0: yes it's yes definitely I wanted to introduce the concept of life balance to the listeners it's not my concept but I think it's something that's really powerful and potentially life changing actually when I found out about it it really was something that changed and shaped my thinking so hopefully it'll be really quite a powerful concept for people.
1: Now I have heard it described as life work balance rather than work life balance but is there such a thing can you actually achieve that or do we need to be looking at it in a completely different way?
0: So I think we need to be looking at it a completely different way because I don't know about you, but I don't get up and have part of my life as work and part of my life as my life. My life is my life and part of my life is working and part of my life is all the other things that I do. And so I kind of see it as when you think about work-life balance, it makes me feel like on one side of the equation, you've got work and the other side, you've got your life. Whereas actually life balance is about having a balance in your life of all the different aspects in your life, which is really powerful. And this concept was first brought to my attention because one of my colleagues, Rue, went to a talk at the BMJ and there was a, a gentleman there called Pedro Delgado and he was talking about this concept of life balance. So it started to filter in then and it's something that's really become prominent both in my own thinking, but when I'm working with clients, because why is it that we think about work as separate to our lives? It's ridiculous. It is part of our lives. And if work isn't balanced, then our lives by default aren't balanced So, it, because it's part of it. So it's about trying to get that sense that we are a whole holistic person and part of our lives is work and part of our lives is social and part of our lives is well-being and or whatever else it is important to you, family, friendships, exercise, whatever it is. But they all need to be in balance, not work on one side and life on the other.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. I think we are really suffering at the moment and particularly people that are working from home. Now, I know most of our listeners are actually going into practice in hospitals, in surgeries, out in the community. But there are... A lot of us, and, and even if you are working the front line, a lot of the admin side of things is now done at home, which makes it much, much harder to separate work and life. And like you said, it, it's actually very difficult to separate it, it anyway. But is there not a, a school of thought that would say it actually is pretty good to have boundaries between the two and have separate ways of being at work separate ways of being at home And if you don't have that separation it's not good for us or are you arguing that actually it's really difficult to get that so you just got to look at everything all together always as a whole No, I think, look, there's
0: the the concept of having separation and boundaries is part of life balance. I'm not going to be exercising while I'm at work, necessarily. I'm not going to be necessarily working while I'm cooking the dinner. You need to have separate parts of your life. But I suppose it's just trying to think about your work as not being a separate part away from your life. It is part of your life. Now, that might be that you might say, okay, well, for me to have balance in my life, to have life balance, I need to be working up until 6pm. And after 6pm, I need to be doing whatever else I need to be doing. That's a boundary within your life, as opposed to a work life boundary, which I don't know if, if that makes sense. It's that sense of, yes, we can have boundaries, but actually, Work isn't separate to our life. It's part of our lives. It's just working out that there are lots of different facets of our life. So we need to be in balance.
1: And part of that is work. Mm -hmm. I was listening to a podcast recently. And Malcolm Gladwell was, was talking on this podcast. And they were talking about a billionaire who was running this very, very highly successful company. And they were talking about the son of this billionaire was saying he has no life. All he does is work, just work, work, work. work, And I don't think he's very happy Mm. because all he does is work. He can't be happy. And actually Malcolm Gladwell was saying, well, listen, he probably is happy because he, he may be one of those sort of outliers that are really driven, that love to achieve, that love to have this amazing career. And that is probably making him happy. And I think that a lot of us are possibly guilty of the outside of work. My life is where I get my satisfaction where I sort of get to relax and get to have my happy times and my work is where I get my achievement and my recognition from and so we focus on achievement and recognition at work and happiness and contentment outside of work and that's where the the balance and the the boundary can be really unhelpful would you agree with that yeah
0: Yeah, but it's really interesting what you were saying about that the, the guy that you were just describing because actually Everybody is completely different. So if my balance might be completely different to his balance, his balance might be I need to be in work 90% of the time, because for me, I thrive when I'm in work, I'm happy when I'm in work, I'm at my best when I'm in work, and I only other, I only need 10% of my time to do other stuff. And that's balance for me. Whereas for somebody else, balance might be completely different. It might be actually I need to be working 50% of the time and doing other things the rest of the time. And just to come back to what you were saying, actually there is this concept that we, we, as you say, achieve in work and we relax in our lives. But actually there is plenty of crossover and you know this when I'm at, at home and with the family I'm not always relaxing often I'm achieving <laughs> you know and when I'm at work sometimes it doesn't feel a lot of the time it doesn't feel like work I feel just really happy and thriving so it doesn't have to be this separation it doesn't have to be and that's why if you can lump it together as this is my life what does balance look like for me And that might be, okay, right, I need much more exercise. I need much more family time. I need much more, I don't know, having some sort of challenge like doing the, you know, 100-mile marathon or whatever it is. Or maybe it's actually I need much more time at work. I want to be working five, six, seven days a week because actually that's where I grow. That's where I am at my best and that's where I feel happy. And that's actually good for me. So it's about trying to understand what, balance means to you and I think that's what I'd really like to pick today is to try and understand how we can do that as individuals because it's all very good me saying this as a concept but I suspect as a listener I would probably thinking, well that's great but I haven't got a clue how to balance or what balance means to me and I think one of the things that with all these sort of concepts when I first hear them I kind of have this sort of switch off mode in my head where I go "Ah, oh, I know what balance is for me I don't need to think about it but actually taking a few minutes to think what balance really means to you is really useful because it helps to shape then what you do and how you build your career and how much other things you bring in to your week to your year to actually satisfy you mm,
1: I think you're right it's not at all obvious I think what balance means to people or or me as an individual even I think mm-hmm. often that's because all as doctors, you've left school, you've gone straight into med school, you've gone straight to house jobs, and w- well, let's face it, there just isn't any balance there, and so you're you actually get a skewed understanding of what reality mm-hmm. is or what normality yeah. is. So, how would you go about helping clients understand what what balance is for them? I think the first thing to do is to
0: sit back and dare I say it, have a have a think, have a reflect, and and you know from what I've said before, I'm not a big reflector sitting there for you know huge amounts of time thinking about what I want and what I feel and what I need. I'm the sort of person that says, actually, let's do this in chunks and in small bite, bite-sized pieces to really try and understand what, it, what good would look like. And I come back to this question a lot because it's actually really useful. And I, I kind of see it a bit like a house. If you imagine if you were renovating your house, what you could do is leave the walls all where they are And then just leave the kitchen where it is and just redo the kitchen and leave the sitting room where it is and redo the sitting room. And you might think, oh, well, they're not really the right size rooms, but hey ho, we'll just carry on. That's one way of renovating a house. Another way to renovate a house is to look at the outside of your building, to imagine all the walls have gone and say, okay, where would I ideally like to put the kitchen? What size would I like it to be within these boundaries? Where would I like the downstairs loo to be? Where would I like the sitting room to be? And then to put the walls back in. And I'm talking about this, I know it sounds a bit odd, but actually if you start to think about things as far as balance goes in this way, it starts to help. So what I mean by that is rather than a kitchen, you might say, okay, let me just go through all the different aspects of my world that would for me encompass balance. And this is something I do with my clients, every single client we, we go through this process. So we'll look at the different areas of their um, their life so it might be I'll just give you some examples it might be that career is part of your life it might be socializing is part of your life well-being might be something that's really important to you family might be really important exercise might be really important and might maybe finances maybe all sorts of other things might be up there as something really important and we'd look at the list of between five and eight things and say okay these things seem to be really important to me, I don't know how important, but they seem to be. And there's your list. And then you say, okay, overall, without overthinking this too much, how am I doing generally as far as my life being balanced and me feeling good about my life? And usually what I would do is ask somebody to come out with a number of 10 where they out of 10 where they'd say 10 is really great. naught is terrible. So you get an overall number. Then as a quick fire round, I would ask them to go through each of their categories to give me a number out of 10 of how they think they're doing with each one. So it might be that career, they're saying I'm about six, social, I'm about four, wellbeing, I'm a three, family, I'm an eight, exercise, I'm a seven, whatever it is. And then you can start to get a general idea of where you're at at that particular moment in time. So you might say, okay, so these are my numbers now. How do I feel about them? So you might say, actually, my career isn't quite where I'd want it to be. I'd want to be feeling better about my career. I'd want my, rather than a six, I'd prefer it was an eight or a nine. I'm not quite sure what that means to me yet, but I prefer it was an eight or a nine. And maybe my well-being was a, a six. And actually, I really want that to be definitely a nine. And maybe my exercise was a a six but actually for me that's okay so you start to look at those numbers and say actually which ones are i happy with and which ones am i not and then once you've got that information it's a bit like starting to form those the kitchen and the bathroom and working out where they want to go then you can start to say okay so these are the ones i'm happy with fine these are the areas i'm not so happy with and then you can start to ask yourself questions well what is it that i'm not happy about? What's the problem? Am I doing too much of it? Am I doing too little of it? Am I doing it in a way that doesn't make me completely fulfilled, as in I'm doing maybe exercise by myself, and I'd much prefer to do exercise with people, whatever it is. So what's, what's the issue? Why isn't it, if it's a six, why isn't it an eight? What would make it an eight, if that's the number you've chosen you're aiming for? And once you start to build this framework, what you can start to do is you start to build categories that feel important to you. Then you can start to say, well, this is where I'm at. You can start to assess that this is where I'm at. And, okay, this looks good or actually I'm not so happy with these particular areas. And then starting to starting to work out which areas you need to work on more in order to give you this perceived balance. So obviously, that's a huge amount that I've just splurged on you. But that's kind of an initial framework that I start to do with people. And I think it's really useful not to just do it one off because it never works one off. But it's a very much a process of, and I usually say to people to do this on the first Sunday of a month, to spend five minutes just doing your numbers and literally looking at where you were this month compared to last month. And if your career is a seven and you're happy with a seven, that's giving you balance. If your career is dropping to a six this month, what's changed? What might I need to put in place to look at things again? So starting to have some sort of tangible touch on what good looks like is a way to start to work out what the components of balance are for you.
1: That sounds like a really helpful, very systematic way of not missing anything, looking at stuff in the round. But Claire, can I throw in a bit of a yes, but here?
0: Go on. I love a yes,
1: but. A yes, but. And I heard this a few years ago and it really made me think, and I'm not sure I believe it. Someone said your life is like a four ring gas burner. You only have enough gas pressure for three out of four rings. So you can have a career, you can have a social life, you can have a good family life and you can keep yourself fit and healthy with wellbeing, but you've only got enough gas for three rings. You've got to choose. There's one that you're not going to be able to get in balance. And I think a lot of people are probably listening to this going, that's all really very well and good. But all of this life balance stuff, it takes time. And what if I can see that something is, is really out of balance, but I just don't have enough time to do it. I don't mm. have enough gas for my, for my four gas burner rings. How mm. would you address that with people?
0: I think it's okay. And I think that that is absolutely right. This is hard. It's not something that you can go, yeah, I've got the perfect life and I'm in balance and it's happened in a month. It's okay. Because if things are really tough at work, for example, if you've got a lot of stuff going on with family, it might be that balance for you is only focusing on work and and family for that month, for that six months. And it might be that the thing that for you needs to drop off a little bit is something like the exercise or Or something else. But I suppose the counter argument to that, and I'm not sure I totally agree with that gas burner concept, but the counter argument to that is where are your priorities? Because if your priorities are, say for example, you love music, like music gives you great joy. okay, And it gives you so much joy that when you listen to music or when you play a musical instrument, you feel full, full. you feel elated, you feel like you have filled up the fuel or given yourself more gas. Often those are the things that drop off first. So often when we're really busy and our life is manic, say if you love music, often that's the thing that gets thrown out. So if music was on one of your categories, and if you'd identified that as one of your priorities and said, actually, you know what, I know when music's in my life, when I'm really stressed at work, I actually feel I can cope more. Or if I am managing really, you know, difficult things at home, but I've got music in my life, it just makes me laugh for two minutes or it gives me inspiration. Then actually, music is one of the priorities, and it might be that something else goes. You, this is not about being perfect. This is about having an individual priority list, if you like, for you. That's totally flexible. That changes as you change and as your week changes and as your month changes and as your year changes. So I suppose we only have enough energy for a certain amount of stuff. But my list would not be your list. I wouldn't be able to do all the amazing things that you do. I would feel depleted by doing that because I'm not you. And I'm sure vice versa, you wouldn't want or need to do the things that I do for balance. So I suppose my counter argument to that is ease is really hard, but this isn't about being perfect. This is about choosing what your priority list is and putting them as a priority and ring fencing them. Because once you ring fence that music, it drip feeds into coping better at work, managing the difficult situations at home. And actually, you might not need a huge amount of time for balance In as far as music goes. You might say, actually, if I could listen to music or play my guitar for half an hour, four times a week, that will make me feel so much more balanced in my life But actually, it's only really been an hour and a half of your week. So I would say I would actually disagree. And I don't usually disagree with you, Rachel, but I would actually disagree with you on that point, because I think this isn't this isn't about trying to be what it says in a book. This is about trying to understand yourself, giving your permission to yourself to be you and to have the balance that you need and then to make the time to allow that to happen.
1: I'm really glad you disagreed with that because mm-hmm. i i don't I don't like that concept that you've got to choose between family and work and social life and and, and well being because so I think that's a a very difficult difficult choice. But I, I think where that analogy is helpful, and I think this is probably where you do agree, is that you only have a limited amount of energy, and then you need to yeah. choose where you're going to use it. And I love what you say about prioritizing for a certain period in life. So it might be yes for these next three months the family is going to really come up here mm-hmm. because the children have got e- exams at school or something like that and then the next three months when things have gone we're going to prioritize socializing and, and etc yeah. I think the problem comes when we try and do it all and then feel resentful because we can't mm-hmm. do it all yeah. whereas if we have known I am doing this because I'm doing this so that I can x y or z they don't feel resentful about not doing that. And, and for someone like me, if you told me I could never, ever do that, I'd be like, but that's the one thing I want to do. But if I know that it's not been closed off as an option, it's just not now. We're not going to be focusing yeah. on that right now. That feels a lot better.
0: We can do everything, but just not all at the same time. And that's fine. That is fine. And like, I'm working with somebody at the moment who has moved jobs and moved house and we've been working on their career because that's obviously my, the, my love of my life. But actually what we've needed to do is to switch and work on, on coping with the move and being in a different place and coping with that in order to then get some balance back in their lives so that then they've got the energy and the focus to cope with their change of career. And what's really interesting is if we did the numbers for that person, probably they'd say their career is 6 out of 10 and they'd want it to be an 8. But they don't want it to be an 8 now. They are happy with it being a six now because they need their social and their home life to be, you know, eights before they can cope with with dealing with the six of their career. So... That's why I tell people to do it as a check-in every month and to say whether you're happy with them because you might be really happy with your exercise being a four because you said, actually, I'm running once a week. That's fine for now. In six months, I want to be running four times a week because I will have everything else more settled. Like you were saying, I've got to cope with exams now or with family stuff now, or whatever. That's fine. And that's what I'm saying about balance is dynamic, first of all, and balance is really individual. But work isn't separate to balance it's not, it's not, work isn't separate to life. It's part of our lives. And until we start accepting it as part of it, I don't think we can ever have balance. Because I know when I was a younger GP and I had young kids, and for me, that work-life balance kept coming up in my head. So I thought, well, if I work less, my life will be balanced. It wasn't. And I couldn't understand why. Like, I'm like working two and a half days and I'm with the kids And suddenly I realized I was doing two full-time jobs because I was trying to do a full week in GP, but in two and a half days, and a full week of childcare in two and a half days. And it all went, you know, like dropping balls left, right, and center. So that wasn't balance. I had to readdress where the priority was. And at that point, I said, you know what, my career can just float along for a little bit. It floats on because the priority now is while the kids are little. For me, that was... So actually, when I threw my energy into the family and let my career float for a bit, I was then able to say, right, whenever I'm ready, I might change things around a bit and I might do a bit more in work or think differently or add in little bits to keep myself really interested and, you know, build it up. So I just think that's why it's so important that... the the work and life are not on the opposite sides of the equation for me they they're they're part of the same thing we are a whole person we are not two separate people to shove together we're one thing so that's that's I suppose why it's so important
1: from where I'm sitting I get it you're pushed for time and with over 200 episodes how do you know which is going to be the one that lifts you out of the saucepan and back to thriving at work never fear the you are not a frog podcast quiz is here find out if you're a super squirrel brilliant badger or mighty mole and i'll send you a personalized playlist with the top five episodes that will make the biggest difference to you discover your top of the hops top five episodes sorry and leap into your happiest thriving self again just go to you dot com slash quiz Yeah, and I think that also with work and life, we get used to treating work as this thing that we maybe make plans, we make goals, we set goals, this is what I want to achieve, this is where we're aiming for. Well well, hopefully we should be doing that in work. And I'm a I'm all for setting goals and prioritizing and stuff. But then we forget to do that for the rest of our lives. I, I always remember a I think it was the Harvard Business Review paper. Where someone was saying that they set goals in their family, just like they did for work. Now that sounds really awful. Let me explain. It's not about, right? My children will do this and that. And we'll, you know, it wasn't about that. It was like, yes, we are moving house this autumn. So our goal as a family is to move and to meet some new people. That is our goals mm-hmm. or our, our, our child is, is moving up to secondary school they're a bit nervous about that. So our family goal is to support that child and make them feel really happy, really, well, not you can't make a child feel happy, really support them and, and be there for them as they're doing that transition. Or, you know, like I said, I, I'm going to have double whammy of A-levels and GCSEs next year. Next summer, it will all be around from, you know, probably from January onwards. It will be all about making sure these kids are getting mm-hmm. enough sleep, they're getting fed properly and are well enough to be able to do their exams, hopefully, Um That is a life goal. And I think it's good to be really intentional about that. So then maybe some work things go, well, maybe... The, the, the burner for the, the social life will will become turned down a little bit and something else will, will, will go up. But actually, that's
0: really an interesting example, isn't it? Because for you, that will be an all-encompassing time and where the family has got to be the priority. And for you, balance, as you said, you know, it might be that work gets turned down a bit. But I would challenge you again, maybe the social, if that's something that fills you up, is actually not one of the things to go. Maybe speaking to your friends about the challenges of, it, of it all, you know, and how is it going? And what do you, what are you doing to support your kids and what else, you know, that actually maybe that should be our priority. I, I'm just challenging you. And maybe that's something that, you know, cause it's again, it's about, we have to prioritize what we think is going to help us at that point to provide balance. And sometimes what we do, as I was saying before, we throw away the things that actually fill us up the most because we think that our needs are less important. But actually, say, for example, you're a social person, and which I know you are, and actually that, you know, that was something that made you feel good and you got a lot of support from your friendships and a lot of happiness from your friendships. Maybe that's when you need it most rather than and maybe the work thing is less important to you or maybe you know that you there's other aspects of your life that you say actually you know what I'm happy just to let that slide for a little bit but it's I suppose it's looking at the the different parts of your life different parts that we talked about on that chest list and say actually right now I really don't care about my finances. I've got enough to get by. I'm not going to be doing extra hours. I'm not going to be doing, taking on a new project or doing something that's going to really stretch me at work. I need to focus here. But what do I need to fill myself up in order to cope with that? And that's your balance. or well, that's my view of what life balance is. So I suppose that's where I would challenge you and say, does the social need to go? maybe it does. Maybe it's not important to you. Maybe it isn't something that is is valuable. Or maybe it just needs to be tweaked. Maybe it's, uh, it's the social comes from, you know, when the kids are at school or when you're, you know, in bed by yourself by half nine so that you've got the energy, you know, whatever. It doesn't have to be staying out all night. So I suppose that's where I would challenge and actually prioritize, really look at those priorities of the things that you know fill you up. So I, I keep saying fill you up, but I always... I, constantly thinking analogies that's how my brain works but i always imagine it like you've got your car and you cannot possibly do anything in life happily and productively when you've got very little fuel in the tank and it's really important to fill your fuel tank up but to know what it is so that fills it up what's your fuel so for me i would say that exercise is important that really good food is important And seeing my friends is really important. Those are my things, but it might be something completely different for somebody else. It might be socializing, gardening, music, seeing something creative, but just really working out what is it that's your fuel? Because you can't then have a balanced world if you're not prioritizing those, your fuel. Because how can your car, how can your
1: car move? It just can't. I completely agree with that. What would you say to people, Claire, who said that, look, their job is just taking up so much of their time and energy mm. that they've got nothing left. And they at the moment feel powerless to do anything about mm. it short of resigning or halving their, their work, you know, going part time or whatever, or dropping sessions. What would you say to someone like that? Cause I know there are a lot of people feeling like that at yeah, the moment. Absolutely. And you know, you and I speak
0: to people every day who are feeling exactly that way. And I think that that is the, The first thing to say in the aha moment in this is if you are feeling like that, by definition, your life is not in balance. And if you are feeling like that, it doesn't mean that you have to resign. It doesn't mean you have to cut down your hours. What it means is you need to be taking even short five, I'm talking five minutes of time to say, what is it that I need to do to allow myself to get out of this situation? I don't mean physically get out of it, but I mean to work out what to do next. And it might be something as simple as saying, okay, I need to speak to a friend. I need to recognize that I'm burning out. I need to have a holiday. I need to speak to my superiors and work out if there's what we can do in this situation to support me. I need to recognize that I'm struggling. I read to recognise that there's nothing wrong with me that I'm struggling. That actually I'm in a system that is really challenging, and actually I'm doing my best, and that is good enough. But actually, if my best isn't working for me and my life isn't in balance as a result, actually I need something else, and that might be, as I say, the support, more help, um, downloading how you're feeling, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So I suppose. The biggest thing that I would say to your question is if you are feeling that life balance is impossible for you, that is the most important thing, the most important alarm bell to say something needs to change. That doesn't mean it has to be you in your life. It just means you need to ask for some help. And that is okay. In fact, that is blooming fantastic because the moment you ask for some help, it allows you to create or start to create a life that you want. And that life might not be the same, or it's definitely not going to be the same as somebody else that you know. It will be what's right for you. You might still be working full-time, but you might just feel more supported. Or you might be still working at exactly the same place that you are, but maybe you're doing, and we've talked about this before, less of something you hate and more of something you love within your role. So, If anybody out there, and I'm sure sure a huge proportion of people listening to this are feeling this, burnt out, exhausted, sleep doesn't cut it, you wake up every morning, you're still exhausted, this conversation is all great, but doesn't feel like it's for you, then this conversation is 100% for you. So even if you can do one thing, choose one thing to do, it might just be speak to one person you trust. And that's enough. Just start, because that will help.
1: I totally agree. I think recognizing the problem is there, it is a start. I also think what you said was very important that. It is not a problem with you that you are hmm. feeling burnt out and not coping. So many doctors who I've coached are just broken and they're saying, What is wrong with me? I can't cope. It's yeah. like it's not wrong with you. It's this is your physiology, saying this is this is too much, it's not weakness, it's, it's literally a normal human physiological response to what you're going through. And I think we're talking about life balance. It's really interesting. And I've been thinking of it as work encroaching on life, but your point that that it is not a static. that as as we get older, different things happen in life and sometimes life starts to encroach on work. Mm -hmm. And so what you could once cope with when you didn't have a huge family responsibility or other stuff going on, suddenly might become very difficult when you've got a really big thing going on in life or suddenly lots more family responsibilities or say a child who's having mental health issues or a disability or or, or illness or anything that 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 goes on in the background that suddenly you then have to rejig everything and and really look at at it in a very dynamic way like like you said I think one thing about working out what the issue is is to actually start to do a bit of a reality check Mm. because and me and you have talked about this before I know I, I do remember coaching one chap who was saying "Yeah, why can't I get a day off and what we did we just literally plotted out everything he was doing in the week and it turned out he was doing so many sessions and had taken on so many extra roles within his job that he hadn't really accounted the time for when he actually plotted it out on a on a diary in a week plan of uh, on a diary plan of his week it was really yeah. obvious why he couldn't get a day off because literally he was trying to cram too much in so that's also a very good place to start and we'll make that tool available to you it's called the five-week yeah, planner where you can just yeah map out what your what, what your working week is looking like and what your life week looks mm. like what do you do outside of work And then probably most of us will look at it and go, wow, I'm doing far too much. Yeah.
0: And do you know what? But that that's okay. As I said before, if you want your your week to be full of work and you're thriving in work, that's okay. It's not okay if you look at your life and your life is work, collapse in front of the TV, work, collapse in front of your tea, And that's not what balance is to you. If balance is to you, you know, doing some you know, amazing exercise challenge or an Iron man or whatever if that if that's part of your balance and it's literally nowhere in your week then there needs to be change and we talked about change last time didn't we that change is it feels scary and but I would argue that actually firstly to look at what's stopping you, And what would happen if you don't make a change? Because that's the other big thing that we talked about before is that if you don't make a change, are you going to be happy with the status quo? If you are, great, then maybe your life is in balance and you just didn't realize it. So the exercise has been helpful. But actually, if you're not, if if doing nothing means that you are not satisfied with where you are and it wouldn't be good if you were still in exactly the same situation in five years time, then something has to change. And looking at what's what stops you from the, doing the change is really useful. Because those, you know, it might just be that it's fear, it might be guilt, it might be, you know, that feeling of, well, I'm, I can't possibly take my time for my music, because actually, I've got far too much else to do. But actually, it's that old adage, isn't it, that when you, you know, people think, Like when they, if they work 15 hours a day, they're far more productive. Whereas actually, if you take a set amount of time per day to rest, to recuperate, to fill yourself up, and actually you are far more effective and productive in the time that you are working. So you get far more done. So it's that thing of, you know, sort of do less to do more. So I suppose what we're talking about is really big stuff. I don't want to make it sound like this is really manageable when you're feeling exhausted and burnt out, but it it's, it's something that takes time and it's a process. For some people, they'll be able to take the monthly check-in. They can do it in five minutes. It will feel really manageable. For other people, it won't. And I would say to those people, then that would be, again, one of those warning bells to say, actually, maybe I need to talk this through with a friend. Maybe I need to speak to some colleagues about this and see what balance might they, you know, get their thoughts on it. So I can sort of have a sounding board, maybe speak to your partner. Think about coaching. There's lots of different ways of coaching. Obviously, you know we we provide coaching, but there's lots of free coaching avenues. There's lots of. I, I strongly believe in self-coaching, and so asking yourself little questions like, you know, what's stopping me? What could make it easier? You know, where do I think best? Even just so, where is it that I do my best thinking? I think this is really another useful thing. Don't try and make yourself think about this when you're exhausted after a 14 day you know 14 hour day maybe do it on the car in the car on the way to work or maybe do it when you're taking the dog for a walk at the weekend or maybe do it where are your best thinking places do it then and so I suppose it's just trying to do thinking about listening to the alarm bells and then saying okay what would make this easier for me to start to look at this and you might say, okay, I need to spend a day doing this. Maybe they'll go on your retreat and, and go and you know really start thinking. Or maybe they need five minutes every so often to just start to make inroads. And I suppose it just depends on your personality. But what I would say to people is if that alarm bell is ringing, that this feels really uncomfortable for you as a concept because you know deep down that your life isn't in balance, don't ignore it.
1: I couldn't agree with you enough. But Claire, we're nearly out of time. In a second, I'm going to ask you for your top three tips. What just struck me then? You said, you know, what is stopping people getting their life in balance? I have noticed Mm -hmm. that one of the major stories people are telling themselves that stops them getting their life in balance is everyone else is working really hard too. Everyone's in the same boat. Everyone's stressed. So why should I be the person That is stepping out of that boat and getting my life in balance. And I would just say, just because everyone else is suffering doesn't mean that you also need to stay stuck. You know, you have, you have the ability to get yourself unstuck and it will be better for everybody if you do. So don't look around you and go, Oh, well, just because every, you know, why should I? get balance when when nobody else has that that is just ridiculous
0: it is but also I would argue that actually if you want things to be better for these colleagues you know lots of Mm. let's face it we're all caring professionals that's why we're in the jobs that we are you know if you are looking around going well everyone else is suffering actually as a caring colleague what you should say is well I need to put my gas mask on first so that I can stand up and cope. And I can help my colleagues to help them find balance because nobody's Mm. saying that balance is quitting your job and leaving. It's the exact opposite. Balance might be doing exactly what you're doing now. It's just saying the priority for me is music, is exercise, is family Mm. and filling your cup up more with that. Because when you do that, you're able to cope more with the challenges that you're presented in everyday life. It's just about bringing some control some happiness and some joy into situations that right now you will feel or a lot of people will feel feel that make you feel stuck trapped and as if there is no way out and the answer to that is that is not right because you and I see that all the time in coach I see it every single day that once you start to think differently when you get a growth mindset rather than a fixed mindset so you're starting to think about what you can do to take responsibility for the
1: situation to make changes
0: actually it can
1: get better. Totally. So Claire, what's your top three tips for people? Okay. So
0: I would say number one, life balance is about working, uh, working around this concept, of the fact that part of your life is work, as opposed to work being on one side of the equation and life being on the other. Number two, I would strongly suggest that you look at the different components of your life, make a list. It will take you approximately 30 seconds. And then do a monthly check-in where you literally grade your check-in list every month. It will take you a total of five minutes per month and concentrate on the areas that you're not happy with when you look at that list. And number three, think about what's stopping me from having life balance and really take that on board and say, okay, if it's fear, how am I going to tackle that? What do I need to put in place? What support do I need? Who might be able to help me? If it's guilt, is that justified? Should I feel guilty about being happy, about having balance in my life when I know that once I'm a more able to have balance, I'll be able to help more people and support others and feel joy in myself? So those would be my three top areas to focus on. And to I suppose if I'm allowed a fourth, it would just be to say, do you know what? Take it easy. Go easy on yourself. Don't try and do it in a heartbeat, but do it but make it a priority to do it. Thank you.
1: And I'm just going to add one sentence that I can't remember who said it, but it it struck me a few weeks ago. And this person said, most of us choose a career and then design our life around that. Mm -hmm. Actually, it should be the other way around. We should choose a life and then design a career around your life.
0: And that's what we do in coaching, isn't it? That's what we do is we look at you as a person and see how it fits together as opposed to plonking you in something and I hope it will work out. Brilliant.
1: So thank you so much, Claire. If people want to get hold of you, find out more about your work, how can they do that?
0: Yes. So I'm all over social media, but I'm particularly on Instagram, which is Dr. Claire K underscore executive coaching. You can check out my website, which is DrClaireK.com. And you're more than welcome to DM me. People DM me every single day so you can drop me a line and contact me, ask me questions or thoughts or just any conversation you want to have. I love hearing from you.
1: Thank you so much. And we'll also put a link to the Thrive Week Planner in the show notes so people can download that and try and think about how they can design their work around their ideal life and their ideal week. That's great, Claire. Will you come back on again to talk about Always. more stuff? No, I love it. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Brilliant. Thank you so much. We'll speak again soon. Take care. Thanks for listening. Don't forget, we provide a self coaching CPD workbook for every episode. You can sign up for it via the link in the show notes. And if this episode was helpful, then please share it with a friend. Get in touch with any comments or suggestions at hello at youarenotafrog.com. I love to hear from you. And finally, if you're enjoying the podcast, please rate it and leave a review wherever you're listening. It really helps. Bye for now.